and welcome along to this week's What's the Chat. My name is Alison Craig and there's a guy over there. What's your name? My name is John Lothianwood Jr. Uh, and I'm here with you doing a podcast Normal. called What's the Chat, I believe. I um, believe did I tell you I actually got the cockles of my heart warmed today? <laughs> I am so glad that you finished that <laughs> sentence and quite quickly. And how did you get the Cockles of your heart warmed now, today. See, that, that's another phrase, cockles of the heart. I mean, is that like a winkle yeah. on your winkle or a cockle on your heart? Uh, well, I don't, I don't know, as long yeah. as it's not a cockle on your winkle. Yeah, exactly. And talking about heart, I think we'll have to congratulate Mr. Stott. Oh. Well, we had Grant on the show last week, and as soon as the news broke that he's got a part in River City, he texted me, I'm so sorry, guys, I couldn't tell you about that last week, because, it, well, he was sworn to secrecy, basically, wasn't he? No raps, yeah. Very exciting. I'm really excited for him. It's brilliant. I did text him, because um, it was actually his birthday this week as well, mm-hmm. and he said that they start. he will start filming in June, and he will be on screen in October. Oh, so I'm not we will keep up to date. Yes, yeah, so as soon as he starts filming, obviously, we'll get him back on and give him the Spanish yeah. Inquisition, because nobody I've, expects I've, the Spanish yeah, Inquisition. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I flipped over last night and saw the end of River City and uh-huh. uh, I noticed some of the people that were on it, like me, Kath Howden, she's an ex-RSAMD one that's uh-huh. Happy Howden's daughter she's brilliant, she won the gold medal at RSMD brilliant actor well, and, hey, uh, hang on a minute. I, 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 yeah. Happy Howden? He was a comedian he was a, a sort of uh, on the edge comedian uh, Happy Howden, he was oh. in he was in Acid House by Irvin Welsh, oh yeah yeah, yeah he was he? in that, he was in that oh, uh, and also a on, dynasty and also uh, on the cast was Jenny Black, who was in Local Hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, she played the barman's wife in Local Hero. And also Jimmy Chisholm, who was in Braveheart, which leads Ooh. me to a story. And hang actually... on, were you, you were at uh, drama school with Jimmy Chisholm? No, I, 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 was, I wasn't. I think Jimmy oh, went see, to Queen. I'm, I can't okay, remember. I'll, I'll just I'll... edit that bit out then. <laughs> but I was at drama college with uh, Jenny. Jenny was in Phyllis Logan's year, actually. But um, Jimmy Phyllis Chisholm Logan. told me, uh, I'd known him through a, a friend of mine, and he was mm-hmm. telling me the story about how he got Braveheart. And at that time, Jimmy was playing his namesake called Jimmy in Take the High Road. Mm-hmm. So he got the phone call and says, "Well, Mel Gibson would like to meet you. <gasps> We're meeting the Sheraton I Hotel." Of those words coming yeah. out of somebody's <laughs> mouth until I realised that he was obviously an anti-Semitist, and then yeah, I thought, "Actually, yeah, these, Mel, it's all over. Bugger yeah, off." Yeah, that, that was. But these are sort of pre these days. Yeah. So Jimmy got the call and he had to meet them at the Sheraton. I think it was in Glasgow, and with Mel Gibson and is it the, the oh, producer no. or whatever, or some other guy, and Jimmy Chisholm. So the three of them were there signing the contract, discussing his part in it, which I believe was quite a big part actually mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway they were doing all that and as I say he he was at that time in, uh, playing Jimmy and Take the High Road so mm-hmm. they completed the deal and they're coming down in the lift they come down the lift the doors open and lo and behold a cleaner is there with a bucket and spade <laughs> and saying oh my god you're Jimmy for Take the High Road and completely <laughs> blanks Mel Gibson and Jimmy <laughs> turns around and Mel and goes showbiz <laughs> And that was from the horse's mouth. That's a true story. That is a brilliant story. That is <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I mean, Mel Gibson back in the day was great. He was in uh, Macbeth and they filmed that in Aberdeen at Dunotter Castle, which is a beautiful right. castle if you're ever up in that part of Scotland. It's, you know, it's completely deserted. Obviously, it's um, National Trust. Is that right? Right, yeah. Um, beautiful place to visit and so atmospheric. You know, you can totally get why they chose to film uh, Macbeth there. But he was running a mock in Aberdeen. It was all sorts of stories of him in the local discotheques and things like that when he was up there. So he was quite a wild man. Uh, yeah, and then I think just things went a little bit yeah. sour. 
Well, uh, while he was researching Braveheart, he was in all the pubs in Stirling and uh, he was you know, listening to the accent and uh, meeting all the, the, the locals and stuff like that. Apparently at that time, quite a good guy, quite a nice guy. Yes, but, yes, uh, I knew. Things I think changed, I think. I yeah. think things changed. Things changed. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, weapon. I used to watch the Lethal Weapon That's right. Oh, he was in loads of things and uh, what, met, what Women Want, which was when he actually oh, yeah, his legs yeah, and things. That, that was, was quite funny. Yeah, yeah he was like good. So, but anyway, let's not talk about him because we don't okay. like him now. Right, okay. We don't like him now. Okay. He's banned. Okay. from the show okay. no Mel bugger off we're not having you he's at the door again honest to god in that Mad Max outfit turns your I have to say it does turn your uh, <laughs> yeah, but no it's, it's not going to happen so did you see today that a woman woke up from an operation speaking Irish did you? no way <laughs> yeah apparently this is a phenomenon Phenomenal? Phenom- Phen- phenomena. This, no, no, this phenomena. is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And, and, and a phenomena, and if it's true. It, it, well, it was on the news. Oh, well, that's uh, true then. But I was talking to a nurse I know. Uh, mm. I actually married her. Oh. Uh, I call her the wife. <laughs> that man. one. Yes. yes. Um, and she and tells you the cheeky sod that lies on the couch <laughs> farting and drinking beer. It's on a, a mutual good, respect. On a good day. On a yes. good day. <laughs> but she said that this is it's happened before. She was involved in an operation and when the guy came round, he was from a, it was from a way up in Venice. Mm. And all of a sudden he said, Now, how are you feeling, sir? Well, I feel great now. <laughs> He went into this Wild West accent, straight out of the anaesthetic. Took him well, months to, to get rid of it. Well, I did a, a a narration once for a documentary, and it was about transplants. Uh-huh. And they told various stories about people that had... To begin with, when people, you know, the, the, the technology being able to do transplants, transplants was before the internet and before people could join yeah, onto yeah. online groups and things like that so nobody could share their experiences but this is a thing um, if for instance and this was an example they had it was a lorry driver had had a let's just say it was a lung transplant right. and when he came round, the lung he got had come from a poodle breeding flower arranger and although he was still a large lorry driver, he had a sort of predilection for poodles and flower arranging after he got this lady's <laughs> lung. It's true. So there is this, it's like they, what they call it, you know, theoretically is cell uh-huh. cell memory. So uh-huh. there's something, you know, if you get somebody's eyeball and uh-huh. they were a ninja killer uh, and you just happen to be, you know, a member of the local, I don't know, Women's Institute, then potentially you could be a ninja killer. What would happen if you got a porn star's nose? <laughs> that that how, just begs that, thinking where about Where did that go? <laughs> how, how did you go from that to a porn star's nose? I just, I don't know. It just, I, it just it's jumped just a bloke thing, isn't it? Just porn, it just, 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 just in your head all the time. Porn, 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 so day I'm, night, day I'm night. I wonder if that, so if you, a transplant that you get, you uh-huh. take on the characteristics. You, yeah, not of all the, the time. Person. Not no, all the no, time. No, but yes, no, but no. no, there are, there is, and you you use the word yourself. It's a phenomenon. Mana, mana. I see. Mana, mana, mana. Da, 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 da. <laughs> phenomena. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, oh, so there you go. go. Oh, yeah, top of the morning to you, anyway, John. It's yes, yes. Lovely. It's lovely to be speaking. It's lovely, lovely. I, 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 I'm sitting here with me pointing again. <laughs>
I've been away. I've been away. I've taken the plunge. I went right, to St Andrews for a couple of days. Um, it's the first time I've been away for a year and a bit since March last year, and it was exciting, nerve wracking, and um, yeah, it was it was amazing actually. Quite a lot of people out there. I mean, mm-hmm. actual humans, which is yeah. you know, if you're not used to seeing them, it's quite quite. Uh, I met a French Canadian couple. Lovely. Think, well, think, hang on a minute. Are you allowed to come over from? From Canada, for right enough, are you? Hi. I don't know. I don't know. I met don't a couple know. of people from London. I'm thinking, okay, that's nice, but just stay over there. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of students. The thing about St Andrews is it's full of very stylish kind of youngsters. Uh, mm. And you go up there and you think, I love the young. The young are lovely. And by the end of it, you're so bitter because they're young and they're wearing the equivalent of their dad's coats, you know, that they've got from a charity shop. And they look so stylish. And you're sitting there going, actually, I've got youth. Envy. How come her buttocks aren't hitting the back of her knees because she's not my age, she's her age? That sort of thing. So that kind of took the shine off the whole trip a bit. I have to be absolutely truthful. But, you know, I got over it by eating my body weight in pasta and uh, drinking rosé wine outside, which, you know, if it hadn't been nine degrees, I would have felt like I was abroad. But as it was, you know, it was was a danger of getting frostbite and hemorrhoids. Luckily, I escaped without either. But uh, so that was my first trip away and um, yeah so so clench your buttocks and get on the road There was a lovely restaurant remember up there we went to it's like a glass box and it overlooks the, the ocean it's seafood really... it used to be the seafood restaurant and now it's it's actually changed hands so it's owned right. by an Italian um, family right. now and um, it is still there but I didn't like the whole insidey I'm not quite ready mm-hmm. to take the inside step. Right, yeah. Well, funny enough, when we went up there, we were talking to the guy and said, you know, when the golf's up here, when the Open's up here, you must get some of the big stars. He says, I'll tell you a guy who comes here regularly is uh, Jimenez, the Spanish golfer. Oh, And he, yes. he sits outside because he loves his cigars, he loves his fast cars, and he loves his red wine. And he sits outside on his laptop talking to his daughter does and family. Does he not family. get a chair? No, he doesn't. No, he just sits on his laptop. Uh, laptop. He sits on his laptop. <laughs> and he eats, he eats laptop. <laughs> Chops, and he sits there with his big cigar and his bottle of red wine, and he just smokes and eats and drinks away and chats to his family. You've got to like, you've got to like. He's a really nice guy to you. Hola, hola. Well, you know, many years ago, I worked in Spain in a bar, and uh, my boss was a Spaniard called Ricardo, and he was just the archetypal Spanish guy. You know, not my generation, a generation older, Um, and it was a completely Spanish place. I, I was learning English on the hoof, literally, or on the bar. And he used to come in at two o'clock every day, just before two o'clock every day. He would have a glass of red wine. He put the telly on. Uh, it was long before big flat screens and things like that. And he would sit down and watch a live bullfight oh every day. Yeah, he would drink his wine, watch the bullfight. And he is three loves in life. And he told me this, you know, quite oh. openly. I had three loves in my life, Alison. He said uh, bullfighting, red wine and woman in that order. So he was an absolute <laughs> charmer. So that was, you know, maybe 30 years ago that I, yeah. I was doing that. And uh, I was back in the same place about three years ago. And I tell that I have told that story probably to my husband's annoyance many times over our marriage. I'm in a chemist and I hear this voice going, can I have some cream for my wart or whatever it is? And I went, nice. Ricardo. And he went, Alison, oh. and it was him. Thirty years later, what are the he was. Chances I know, of that? absolutely. So we had a, oh a you know a ridiculous conversation, and we arranged to meet up for a drink uh, later that evening. Oh, nice. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah. The the circle of life.
My, our first holiday as a, a boys' group at 16 oh, was to Arenal. And we all went to Arenal. We stayed in the Arenal Park Hotel. I remember that. And um, we were, I remember thinking the waiters looked really smart because they had yellow Simon shirts on <laughs> with black trousers and a white belt. I thought, wow, that's what I'm going to buy when I get home. So I'm aspiring. Yeah, I'm aspiring <laughs> to be a Spanish waiter. So anyway, we had a night out and uh, there were two main but Every pools. bloody night, I'll bet. Well, they had a big night out in the actual hotel and uh, they had a, oh, it was a, Mr. Mr. Personality or something. Anyway, one person in our group won it, right? So we got a bottle of champagne and it was just cavalry. So we're all drinking away and we're all dancing away. Well, my mate Pete Thompson, he got a wee bitty too drunk, bumped into the manager, who then promptly fell into the deep end of the pool. <gasps> the manager fell in. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> so we, he was barred from the hotel. He was chucked <laughs> the manager. The hotel. <laughs> so we, he went to the local the YMCA and we had to <laughs> take stuff from the buffet and take it down to him in the morning because he had no money and no food down there. Oh, so we had to smuggle food out. And uh, I also remember one morning waking up and coming down the stairs, they had that, the brass rail coming down the stairs mm-hmm. and it was all dented in different parts. <laughs> and I said to one of the waiters, I says, what happens is, Oh, a, a guy fell from the third floor last night. He was steaming, right? Oh, and luckily, he he survived, but he hit the banisters all the way down. Oh, and God. just on cue, he came in. It was like a Monty Python sketch. He had the leg out like a Dalek in his wheelchair <laughs> with a plaster on. And I says, "Is that?" He says, "Yeah, that's him." Idiot. God. He was lucky, was lucky he survived didn't that. Die. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so right. I don't know Park Hotel, fond memories indeed. Oh, yes. Check out that real handrail yeah, situation. Yes, it's Well, if, it, if it's metal, yeah, bloody hell, poor man. Uh, no, we were in a, you know, you used to get, well, you still do get a menu of the day there, but it was a menu for the equivalent of uh, a fiver, which I think was about 500 pesetas. Again, this is going back a long time. Uh, and you got a choice of two, two, and two, you know, so it was like a salad or a soup and a macaroni and a paella or, a, you know, ice cream or salad or whatever it was I mean fruit salad or whatever at the end so anyway it had the salad and it arrived and I tasted it and there was two of us and I said um, actually this tastes like it's been kind of not you know it's been washed in like soapy water squeezy so my pal said "Uh, actually it does and I went do you know what we'll just I mention it to the waiter. So, so excuse me, sorry, the salad's a bit, you know, soupy and the arms are going because obviously at this point, no words of Spanish. And he kind of nodded and uh, he went off with the salad and um, he came back with another one. And, you know, muchas gracias. And you start eating it and I said, oh God, this tastes exactly the same. It still tastes mm. like it's been washed in soap. Mm. So again, over to the waiter, I'm really sorry, you know, don't want to make a fuss, but this just tastes like it's really, really soapy. So this time silently, he collected the two plates and he stomped off and we waited and we waited. And about five minutes later, the chef came out of the kitchen Mm -hmm. and he had with him two plates of salad. The waiter was behind him with our main courses and the chef came up with a plastic bag and he went, the salad, there is nothing wrong with the salad, he said. So he takes one plate of salad, puts it in the bag, takes the other plate of salad, puts it in the bag, gets the steaks or whatever they were, puts them in the bag, ties the bag at the top, puts it on the table and goes, 
out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So we oh, had nice. to leave. Oh, nice. We had to leave. We had to pay. We had to pay for our. Uh, we had to pay for our dinner, and we had to leave with a plastic bag with the food in it. And I don't oh, mean nicely God. presented. Yeah, I know it was Basil Faulty special. It was extraordinary, you know, but uh, quite funny on reflection. But at the time, when you're faced with yeah. a maniac with a sharp yeah. knife and uh, yeah, you know you and an evil eye, no, you just run away. I had a, a, a story. We were on the we're on the west coast of America, and we drove into. Oh God, we weren't in San we Fran were. again. No, we weren't in San oh. Fran. We weren't in San Fran. We're in San Diego. And oh, what happened was we went over San. to Mexico for the day, right? Well, we, went, the we, went, we didn't go to, the, I think we went to Tijuana or the other one. Can't remember. Stop uh, the name dropping all these places. Anyway. You've been, please. So John. Well, I'll tell you, we ended, John. We ended, John. And, yes, okay. okay. Mexico. Mexico. So anyway, we went into this restaurant. Tijuana. And uh, we had some sea. I fancied seafood. And it came in. It was a massive platter. And I thought, I started eating it, and then I said to my pal, I went, oh, my God, we're in Mexico. This doesn't <laughs> look the cleanest of restaurants. <laughs> and we're halfway through, and I says, what if we get seafood poison? Shellfish, we could get seafood poisoning I here. Die. And he turned around and he went, look at the size of the margarita you're drinking. Anything that goes into your stomach bombard- bombarded with that size of margarita will completely die. I think we're safe. And he was right. It was right. 100% right. Well, a friend of mine went to India and there was a crowd of them, you know, and uh, they, were, they weren't going into the posh hotels. They were travelling around and hitchhiking and doing all sorts of, you know, kind of studenty type things. And she had um, a swig of vodka every single morning at the same time, and she was the only one that didn't get the Trotteramas. So she oh, reckons right. that the alcohol just went straight in and killed any bugs that were lurking yeah, down there. And it wasn't like point. a half bottle of vodka or anything. It was just a good yeah. nip of vodka. And she was the only one that didn't suffer from the dehohorias. Oh, yeah, so that's... Well, my, my, uh, my brother-in-law uh, went to India on business, which is, you know, it was in Mumbai and everyone was fine. However, he is six foot six. And... <laughs> The Indian people thought he was a good luck charm. So every time he went out, they were trying to jump up and touch his head and stuff. You need to get away from them. You know? Jump Honestly, up and touch Good luck. There's all these, you know, these little Indians with trampettes trying to touch his head as a good luck charm. So, yeah, he said it was brilliant, though. He said you did. He he had the Delhi belly. Oh, Uh, he really did. But uh, he says after he got over. He said he was in Mumbai. Yeah, well, it was a Mumbai Delhi belly. There's various. Various the Mumbai bomb. I fancy, I, you know, I, I would love to actually, once this is all over and things are back to normal, hopefully, um, I think it'd be a fantastic place to visit. Uh, yeah, to no, it. I, I, I do agree. We were in uh, Carcassonne once a long time ago. Uh, it was, it was oh, just as... Uh, <laughs> okay, let me put it this way. France. It wasn't San Diego, Tijuana, Mexico, San Fran, San Fran, France. It wasn't San Fran, was it not? No, it wasn't. Oh, it was okay. Carcassonne. Anyway, there was... Uh, I'd booked this um, house on the internet and... Um, um, it was early days of that sort of thing. So the pool looked huge. When we got there, it was about six foot by three. So, um, you know, we spent a lot of the days meandering around because nobody could fit in the pool. Uh, but one of the people we were with, we all had young kids at the time, um, was George and Yomi, and they had this little red-haired baby called Callum. And the locals thought that people with red hair were very, very lucky. Uh, now, they hadn't yeah. had rain for maybe three months. The farmers were all freaking out. You know, the vines were all sort of shrinking and nothing was was going well at all um, and then we word got round there was a red-haired baby in the village because we're in this tiny little village outside Carcassonne called Aragon 
And literally, one morning there was a knock at the door and uh, we answered it and there was a, a group of locals all going, the baby, the baby. So they passed Callum round, you know, it was as if like being oh, near him was oh going God. to bring the luck. And bizarrely, and believe it or not, about two days later, there was rain. Oh, right. So, I mean, obviously it's superstition, but whatever it was, they were absolutely cock-a-hoops. And the next thing, they turned up at the door and one of them was a trumpet player and he was uh, playing... Not Flower of Scotland. What's the one that goes um, da 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 da? Oh, Scotland the Brave. The brave. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was a complete. Yeah, it was quite a bizarre time. But uh, so that was the superstition of the red-haired baby in in the south of France. So that was quite interesting. Talking about France, we went. My friend got married. Dougie got married, and um, he decided to go on his honeymoon round France. And me and Rab, his pal, decided to follow him. We thought we were coming as well. Oh, you did not. So we went on his honeymoon. Yeah, we did. God, we started off uh, Waverley Station, and uh, we all went on honeymoon. Uh, and it was it was a it was a great holiday. And we lit, we had hardly any money. You know what we used to live on? Right. Well, no, we used to go into the supermarket and get the French baguette. Oh, it was always fresh. It was beautiful. And then get the cheapest tin of patty and sit at the beach and some fruit. Uh-huh. Sit at the beach. And that was Lovely. it. When they call the Queen Mary. Yeah, Loved yeah. it. And we went to this uh, Ile de Ray. It was just off Oh, I've heard of that. supposed to be de, beautiful. beautiful. Not the sort of place you'd probably go without any money, though. Well, in these days, it was a lot cheaper. We went back, actually. It's very designer. In fact, the time we went back, my wife and I went back a few years ago, who was there was Fat Boy Slim Ooh. and Zoe. <gasps> they, they were holidaying there. Really? So that shows you how long Norman. ago that was. That's his real name, Norman. Yeah, that's right. Because my friend so in we Spain went... snogged him once before he was oh, married, no. yes. They lived next door oh. to each other and uh, they had a sort of teenage snogorama. Did Norman and my oh. friend Fran. Yeah, it's true. Teenage Oh, weren't they good? Did you not used to love a well, teenage snogorama? I did, I did actually. But anyway, back back to Ildo. Okay. We went Sorry, to me a restaurant. Having a conversation. Called... On you go with your monologue, John. I'll just go and get a drink. I'll be back so... in a sec. We went to Ildo. We went to this restaurant called La Chat Beauté, uh, which was lovely. It was a beautiful restaurant, and we got lovely red wine, and we were sitting in the restaurant just enjoying ourselves. And the red wine was so good, I decided, do you know what? I'm going to buy a bottle of this red wine to take home. So I did. Nursed it all the way back to Edinburgh, right? No, not flying, by the train, oh, the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> Bed and breakfast, the whole thing. Back to Edinburgh. And I came in one Sunday, and I thought, I'm going to open this up. It's going to be an absolute cracker. It'll remind me of the, the, uh, the times that we had on holiday. And there's my gran and my grandfather, and my mum and dad sitting around with the empty bottle of wine on the table going, it was quite nice, we enjoyed it. I went, I nursed that all the way back from France, from that restaurant, you just blown it. Well, it was all right. I wouldn't say it was that good. Oh, God. Yeah. That's my monologue well, over. <laughs> I'm exhausted listening to you, frankly. Uh, do you know, I was thinking next week, um, shall we have a guest on, do you think? Is it a guesty kind of week? Should we do that? Or do you want to just... Well, think, we've got some crackers lined we, up, to be honest. Yeah, we? we've yeah got... I think we should have one okay. next week. Well, yeah, Elaine C. Yeah. Smith is uh, game to chat to us. Um, and right, so I think right. it'd be great to hear from her. She's yeah. just She won a BAFTA a couple of years ago for two doors down. Yeah, and, yeah, and she's, yeah. she's a hugely multi-talented woman. You know that because you were at college together, weren't you? 
Uh, we were in the same class, of course. Then we came through to Murray House. And, of course, she was a teacher as well uh, at Fur Hill High Bet School. she could tell us a few stories about you. Bef- Probably before, not a good idea to interview you. Before you came, became <laughs> a, an American city and associated country name dropper. And also a podcast monologue. Yes, God, <laughs> you've got many strings to your bow, but you know the one that really impressed me most? What was that? Milk Monitor. Milk Monitor. I knew you would bring that mm-hmm. back. I've got a badge that says Milk Monitor. Have you monitor still got it? it? No, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Actually, Do you remember the bar- sorry, you know, I, you know we were talking about being belted last week. Grant, oh, yeah. Grant was back in touch saying that he got belted. Do you know why he got belted? No. For doing the Morkman wise, you know, the bring me some oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dance across the playground belted. when he should have been in line to go back into the school. And that's why he got belted. So I got oh. belted for walking across the grass. He got belted for having fun. God forbid that Scotland were a Calvinist nation. You'll not be having fun. And you got belted for... Being in the long, wrong uh, playground. I was in the senior playground instead of the junior playground. To hell with the corporal punishment. They should have brought back capital punishment for us. That's what we deserved. That's what you should do with (laughs) seven-year-old children who are doing these shockingly awful things. So do let us know if you were belted for something and if it was what it was. Because um, I wonder if we can retrospectively sue the people that did it. Because I think they quite enjoyed it, you know. (laughs) There was also a theory is that, you know, if, if you licked your palms beforehand, it wouldn't sting as much. Oh, really? You'd get botulism if you licked yeah, your probably. palms at a five-year-old boy. If you put your hands on a hot radiator after it and probably burn your hands and get scalded, oh. that would help. But none of them helped. No. It stung like hell, actually. It's bloody but When small. you think about it, there was 30 of us in the class, right, and there was one bully teacher. We should have just all got together and belted him. Well, when we went to secondary school, there was a Latin teacher. I won't mention his name, but the rumour was, and I'm, I'm sure it was just a rumour, said, oh, don't mess with him. He broke a boy's wrist while giving him the belt, which I think was obviously a lot of rubbish. But, oh, see, it went round when you were in the first year, like, petrified. Absolutely. Absolutely petrified. There was always one teacher that really was a terrifying thing, though. You know, yeah. And uh, I remember mm. my dad, there was a guy, he said in his school, this is the Aberdeen Grammar School going back to the 1930s, and this guy had been in the First World War and he was damaged. And he used mm. to sit and they were all in rationing, so it must have been... It must have been the late 30s, I think. Anyway, it was the time of rationing and this guy always had chocolate. And the boys were all sitting oh. there staring at this amazing substance, chocolate. And the man used to break off the chocolate into squares and he used to line them along the front of his desk. And then he used to lean back in his chair onto the back two feet of his chair. And then he would lean forward and deliberately pick up one square of chocolate and put it in, put it in his mouth. And all the boys would be watching. And he was like, this is torture. I've not had chocolate for 55 years. Anyway, eventually they had had enough of it. So my dad and his brother, there was five of the boys, five brothers. Wow. My dad and his brother went in and they put casters on the back of the, the two back oh, no. legs of the chair. So, Ingenious. So obviously he came in, did the chocolate trick and as he leaned back to eat the square of chocolate, the whole thing went skyper dib and the man hit the deck at speed. Uh, obviously now he'd probably have been expelled and perhaps put into Borstal yeah. and never allowed back into the education yeah. system. But in those days it was like, okay, fair dues, mm. you can all get a bit of chocolate. Yeah. They used to, I remember the, the belt givers, there, there was sort of a, 
a top 10 belt giver list in the school you, who you didn't, you never wanted the belt off of them. But what one of them used to do was, and this was the first time we, we entered into his classroom, and he had pieces of chalk lined mm. up. And we were all just going in to take, take our seats, which we did. And he would take his belt and thwack the living daylights out the chalk so it spurted all over the place. And this was like a, a macho thing saying, don't mess with me. Don't ever mess with me. And we didn't, to well, be fair, we no, didn't. But, I mean, you were a teacher for, for, you know, for many years, a drama teacher. And, uh, I mean, how would you discipline the kids then? Because obviously you wouldn't go down that route because, A, it's completely unreasonable, unacceptable, no, illegal. And, you know, you're not, you're was, not, well, you're not a illegal, psychopathic yeah. bully. So yeah. how would you? Well, I mean, you can always, you can always do the detention, mm-hmm, thing, right? Mm-hmm. But the one that, that used to get me, and actually... I, I, I pinched this from a school when I was teaching there and I saw them do it and I thought, this is a great idea. And it was, if a kid was really, you know, he'd give them a few warnings, mm-hmm. like, you know, one warning, two warnings, three warnings, and then just say, right, if you remain behind, just come into my office just now and we're just going to phone your parent, phone the parent and give them the phone and say, can you explain why the school is phoning you? Mm, gosh. Which actually is, it, it, the, I, I, you know, they're going to get hell when they get yeah, home if that yeah. happens. And the majority of yeah. times, sometimes you've got the phone handed back saying, "Didn't listen to that teacher? Let me have a word with." Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes you've got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I would imagine it would be a bloody th- difficult thing to manage that, definitely. But uh, <sighs> yeah, but you, the belt was long gone when when you were teaching. Yeah, oh, goodness, long gone, long really. Gone. Well, I've got the pointer. I've got the cane over my backside. That's what we got in primary the school. Pointer, which was really. Sore. I've never had that. But yeah, well, the pointer for the board. Yeah, we've got that. That was a thwacker over the backside. That was so. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, these days are going. Thank goodness, I know. Thank the, the children are safe going to school now. Well, they're certainly not going to get assaulted <laughs> by the teachers. It's just other, other pupils, true. obviously, what to worry about. No dark sarcasm in the class. That's right. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Well, that's about it for this week. And if you have enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and family and that man that you quite often walk past and you think, is he looking at me or is that just me being paranoid? <laughs> anyway, let them know about it and uh, tell them to subscribe. You can follow us on Stitcher and Deezer and Google and Spotify, Apple and various other places. And John and I still don't really understand that, do we? No, we don't actually. But we're interested <laughs> to see all these strange men who walk about. You talk to and they're going to come on the podcast and we'll chat away to them. Oh, well, why not? Let's face it, it'll be a nice change from speaking to each other. Anyway, until next week we would like to say a fond farewell and uh, well, will we have... I'm away from I had Indian food in my head this morning I'm now going Get to it out. And make it I'm going to make it, I'm starving I'm going to make you a badgie